Part two of recent viewers' comments and questions next on Polygamy. What love is this? We continue with our answers to questions and comments from some of our viewers. We did part one last time, and these are more recent. That's an interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly, and we love to hear from our viewers, too. We love to hear your comments. We invite you to make yours by email or on the website or on our Facebook page where we post each one of our programs. Also, there are very many good, very good, Mm -hmm. in-depth websites Web, excuse me, historically accurate websites uh, that we reference uh, in our research, and you can go and get a lot of good information, and here, <clears throat> excuse me, are some of them. <laughs> the Utah Lighthouse Ministry, utlm.org, Mormonism Research Ministry, mrm.org, Institute for Religious Research, irr.org, and the cesletter.org, and mormonthink.com. And there's others, but those are the, the just the ones that we mentioned yeah. this time. And we always, of course, give the link, what we quote, right. from one of their websites. And I was looking through the mormonthink.com recently and found their discussion on what is called the Swedish Rescue. And for those who may not be familiar with what the Swedish Rescue Crisis was, we <laughs> quote. <laughs> in November 2010, an emergency fireside was held in Stockholm, Sweden by elders Marlon Jensen, church historian, and Richard Turley, assistant church historian, to address the faith crisis that ensued among an entire group of members and leaders in Stockholm, Sweden, including a stake president and a member of the Quorum of the Seventy, which is considered a general authority. About 25 Swedes attended this fireside, along, including all of the local bishops and stake presidents. Those in attendance were those that were knowledgeable about the church historical issues that were troubling many Swedes. Okay, in fact, it was it was so important, they call it the rescue. Yes. They sent a lot of people yes. from Salt Lake to go there and see if they could rescue this from disaster. <laughs> but um, we don't in- intend to cover the entire event by any means, but several questions were asked of the representatives from the LDS Church that we want to discuss some of these questions. You can go to the link on the screen, mormonthink.com. Uh, and check out this for yourself. But here are now many questions, but we're only going to look at four of several of these questions that were asked during the Swedish rescue meetings. So question number two happened to be, was polygamy, and especially polyandry, never heard that word before, teachings from man or from God, and is it right or wrong? Number three, question three, was it right and Christ-like to force women into polygamous marriages, Question five was lying for the Lord. Are there circumstances in which it is okay to lie for the protection and the reputation of the church? And number 10 was brought up quotes by apostles like Elder Packer that, quote, it isn't good for the members to know all the truth, end of quote. (laughs) I'd like to see them squirm on some of these answers, but I would really like to see them give some good answers too. Yeah, that's true. Um, And and I love these questions. We've come, we've asked many of them ourselves for a very long time. And it it really is time that the LDS leaders and the leaders of the Mormon polygamy groups be held accountable for their evasion of the truth and fabrication of Mormon history. One thing we can always know know about their answers, and that is they will never tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, they touch on it. I, I like to use the word wordsmithing. Yes. They, they 
touch it, they cover it a little bit, they excuse it, and, mm -hmm. and, and they mm -hmm. leave a lot of good stuff out. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I don't really get the questions truth, answered. A lot of truthful stuff out. So let's look at the, the question number two. Uh, was polygamy and especially polyandry teachings from men or from God? And is it right or wrong? Now, polyandry is when a woman marries two or more husbands at the same time, and some of the early Mormons did that. Joseph Smith had wives who were married to other husbands, so did Brigham Young, yeah. and, and some polygamy groups today will pass a woman from man to man without herself, uh, without the benefit of a divorce. <laughs> now, is that from God? Was it okay for Joseph Smith to do it, but not okay for today's polygamists to do it? Uh, does God really approve of women being used that way? Does God, who said not to do those things, actually condone doing them? We'll read those <coughs> in 1 Corinthians 7, 2. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. That's monogamy, plain yes. and simple. Okay. Leviticus 18.20, do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. Your neighbor's wife is anyone who is your neighbor. Right. 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 Leviticus 20.10, the man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. So are, the, are these commandments only for non-Mormon people? <laughs> Adultery was a capital offense, yeah. punishable by death. How can polygamists, who use the Old Testament to justify their polygamy, possibly rationalize Joseph Smith or anyone's polyandry? Hmm. Now, the answer to those questions confirm that polygamy is man's teaching, not God's, which was the, the question they asked. Yeah. Did it come from man or did it come from God? Right. Now, the next question is awesome, and it would be interesting to hear an honest thinking answer from a polygamist. Was it right and Christ-like to force women into polygamous marriages? Now, they, they claim that polygamy helps them become more Christ-like, and mm -hmm. that's one reason that God commanded them to do it. Yeah. But in reality, it's the opposite is what happens. And, and more importantly... Where did Jesus teach polygamy? Yeah. Where did he teach it? Where did he say it was okay to marry a woman who, uh, who was already legally married to another man? Where did Jesus teach that coercion, forcing, guilt-tripping, shaming, or scaring young girls into a polygamous marriage is a thing to do? Where? Yeah. Now, polygamists claim that Jesus did not teach against polygamy, <laughs> so it must be okay. Yeah. But because the Bible is silent on something, doesn't conclude God commanded it. We cannot establish anything based on biblical silence. So, is it Christ-like to force young girls or women into polygamy? Is that Christ-like? The next question is a good one for every person in Mormonism, LDS or fundamentalist, and a topic we have probably discussed more than any other except <laughs> polygamy itself, and that is lying for the Lord. And she asks, are there circumstances in which it is okay to lie to protect the reputation of your church? Well, how would you have answered that when you were a Mormon? <laughs> well, I would, of course, said no, it's not okay to lie. I just wish for your that, church. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have said it was okay. To, it was not okay to lie. 
You I, would have said that. Yeah. I Even if it was to protect your church. Well, I guess I was never faced with that. But, uh, <laughs> we were. It was okay to lie to yeah, protect the believer. Yeah, I imagine. In, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I would have separated the lie from the protecting of the church. I just never had to protect the church. You never that had way, to do it. That's good. But my question is the Mormon God so small that he cannot take care of the problems unless you lie about it. We were taught that we had to lie to protect the polygamy group, which was God's only kingdom on the planet, well, by the way. Would they call it a lie? Would you just say, we don't want you to say that, or you're not allowed to say this to your friends? or No, they really didn't. They didn't point it out as being a big say, black lie. You're not going to the, lie for the group. You're going to just They didn't not say lying it. for the Lord. Yeah, yeah they said, yeah. this is what you say if they ask you this question. Well, I probably fell into that category yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I just, you know, it wasn't, a, I'm not going to lie, but... Maybe I won't say the whole truth. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay. And it's okay. So in, the, I, in the Mormon mindset, it's okay to do that. Well, yeah, I guess it is. But, but again, I, it's, it's the same question. Is, is their God so small that they have to lie for him to protect his kingdom? Well, and part of it, too, is as you know more about the church, I'm saying this to a convert, potential mm -hmm. convert, the more you know about the church, the more you will begin to accept the little problems that there might be mm. here you know mm, we don't okay. we don't want to hit you with everything up front yeah that's somebody asked that said that comment uh, we here's the question you should have asked kind oh yeah of thing, yeah you know you uh -huh. remember that one mm -hmm. so you ask a question well you didn't ask the right question because you get an answer you can't handle so here's the question you really should have asked. So you answer the asked. question that they should have asked. Should have asked, yeah. Exactly right. So that's not, so, you're not so really lying, lying. But it's kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really know, not, not an honest way to deal no, with something. No, it isn't. And you're but, not bearing false witness. You're just not, you know. Telling not, the whole truth. Telling the whole truth. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, if, if you have a human slope. God, yeah. a God with flesh and bones, then he probably does need liars to protect him <laughs> and liars to protect his kingdom. But when you trust the God of the Bible, who is almighty in power, yeah. and he has all wisdom and knowledge, all we need to do is always tell the truth, because God can take care of himself, and he can take care of his kingdom and anything that happens, because you do tell the truth. Uh, and by the way, if we're doing everything that we're supposed to do, we don't have to lie, and we don't have to remember what we said if we do tell the truth, right? True. Another question that came out of the Swedish rescue meetings was this, and it fits right in with this lying for the yeah. Lord. Yeah, I can hear Elder Packer say this. What about the quotes that have been made by apostles like Elder Packer that, quote, it isn't good for the members to know all the truth, end of quote. I mean, you, yeah, <laughs> it's just as you learn, you'll be more willing to accept what is out there. Like I going guess. to the temple. The first time his experience oh, is terrible, goodness. but if you keep going back, you'll yeah. get used to it and it'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, and this is, is just another layer of lying for the Lord, what it he is. said. Yeah. But, but when you have the authority of the Bible as our guide, and we know the truth is the only path to take by using that and, and going right. by what it says. And we have a couple of verses that we yeah. want to share. From Psalm, two of them from Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. All his work is done in truth. Yeah, and Psalms 51, 6. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Okay, so truth is his mode of operation, yeah. not not lying for the Lord or yeah. hiding truth. And, of course, Jesus is the truth 
even the Book of Mormon warns that those who are liars will be thrust down to hell. And no matter what the LDS or polygamous leaders claim, truth is God's only way of dealing with matters. Lies are not acceptable to God, and he can protect his kingdom without relying upon us to lie for him. Jesus said this. Yes, in Matthew 16, 17, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so there's no lie from humans or from no. hell no. <laughs> that's going to hurt his true church. And, um, and God, of course, will, is able to protect us and his church. Now, here's a quote from the latest LDS conference. Yes, headline Salt Lake City. The president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints urged members to listen to the faith's leaders when they seek pure truth. <laughs> oh, and that's a lie. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and it's not true. There are dozens of websites with examples, and we've done plenty of programs with examples, that they do not speak pure truth. But even from its very beginning, they have lied to protect their personal and church interests. If anyone is seeking pure truth, and we urge everyone to seek pure sure. truth, all you need is Jesus. Don't trust in the arm of flesh. Trust in Jesus all by himself. But it must be the biblical Jesus. Only, only he speaks pure truth. Yep. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So seek Jesus if you seek pure truth. You don't need Mormonism. You don't need any religion to get you to the Father. You only need Jesus. But you do need Jesus. That's so important. Now, you can walk away from polygamy, which I did, and from Mormonism, which Bishop Earl did. <laughs> you can walk away from the Book of Mormon, from Joseph Smith. And if you have the Jesus Christ of the Bible, you have everything you need to get to heaven. And he proved it by dying on the cross for you and coming out of the tomb alive. There can be no better proof than that. And there's only one mediator between man and God. And it's not Mormonism. It's not the leader of their church or your bishop it is Jesus. Now, the next letter is long, but it's important. Mm -hmm. Thank you for responding so quickly to my concerns. It is so wonderful to have someone to talk to who understands these issues. I've been deeply troubled since March of 2013 when the Relief Society studied teachings of presidents of the church. Lorenzo Snow, Chapter 5, The Grand Destiny of the Faithful. This chapter discusses the famous couplet, as man now is, God once was, and as God now is, man may be. I don't remember when I first heard this couplet. I spent most of my time in the LDS church in primary and, <clears throat> and as a primary worker. <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew the song, I'm a child of God, which every Mormon knows and loves. I thought it was wonderful. Of course, it was true. It had to be true. And the church that taught such a wonderful song also had to be true. So whenever I would see or hear, as a man now is, God once was, I would think to myself that this is, was just the LDS way of talking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And so I would be fine with it. Same with the second half, as God now is, man may be. I rationalized that this was just saying what Peter said in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, 4, about our being partakers of the divine nature, and what John said in 1 John 3, 2, about our being like him because we shall see him as he is. For some reason, as I read and then reread this lesson in March 2013, I was not okay with it. I felt, it felt to me like God was telling me that I had not been understanding 
what Lorenzo Snow and the other LDS leaders really meant by this couplet. So I began to do some research, looking through the Bible to see what it had to say about the nature of God and man, and what I found was that the ideas expressed in this couplet are not biblical ideas at all. Well, that's very insightful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are wrong, but they are subtly wrong, so subtly wrong that careless people like me can be deceived and misled by them. And I realized with growing concern that that was exactly what had happened. I had been deceived and misled. My husband and our children had all been deceived and misled. Okay. Easy now, to, to, to I appreciate be. this this woman's honesty. Yes, she for she sure. wasn't ashamed right. to tell us the truth about her, her deception. Uh, and she had the discernment and the, the courage to right. check out what she'd been taught, which also needs to be complimented. Notice um, that that this couplet about being gods and as God once was is the lie that the devil has been telling from the beginning. <laughs> and, and, and it's a lie that resulted in him getting kicked out of heaven, becoming Satan. Now, there are over 45 places in the Bible and I've offered this list to anyone who will email me and ask for it, that tells us there's only one God, always, ever, anywhere, at any time. And, and we cannot read between the lines and say only one God for this world. God's own testimony tells us that He is God. He is God of gods, Lord of lords. He created the heavens, even the highest heavens, all by Himself. And he says there is none like him. There is no other God. He alone is Savior. And there is no other Savior than him. And he would know. <laughs> yes, there are false gods and, and false <laughs> saviors, but there's only one true God and Savior. Polygamy groups, as well as the LDS Church, uh, teach and believe that they are saviors, that they have a divine nature within them. Joseph Smith said we have to learn how to become gods ourselves. Yeah. It's ludicrous to think that God has to learn how to become God. And this is what Jesus Christ himself said. John 17, 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The only true God. <laughs> okay, what does that say? What does that say? Mormonism claims that Jesus is the leader of their religion, but they reject most of what Jesus taught. How can someone become a god by doing what Lucifer did? Mm. Who can become like God when they reject what God said? This next letter is from early September, and it is very encouraging, and this is part of what she wrote. Thank you so much for the work that you do. From what I hear around here, it truly helps a lot of people beyond even the polygamous and is preventing more from joining, and that's a blessing, too. Whoa. <laughs> that is a blessing, and yes. that is, is uh, encouraging to read this. If our program helps even one person yeah. out of Mormonism or polygamy or keeps even one person from joining the LDS Church or a polygamy group, yeah. it's worth Me. it's worth what we're doing. Truth matters. Uh, truth in religion matters the most. And that truth is found in the workbook that God has given us called the Bible. Now, the next comment is from our YouTube web website where we post each program. <laughs> we need a little of these too. <laughs> Saying polygamy, what love is this, is just pretty childish and just silly. You can't force people into any lifestyle, but look at the people that chose this life. Good for them and mind your personal biz. 
because families like Cody Brown's are happy and they're willing to do it. This kind of baby making and breeding in the plague world leads to a world like Lord of the Rings. Normal humans, superhumans, elves, dwarfs, orcs, and hobbits. You can actually begin to see how people there in polygamy are different, J.M. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm really not sure I can grasp yeah, where I this know. viewer is coming yeah, from. Yeah, I know. Uh, first she mocks our program title, and then she says, mind your own business, and chews us out right. for, for not liking polygamy. And then she references Cody Browns and their supposedly happy family, which is falling apart, by the way. Right. And then it moves to a different and very odd viewpoint regarding the offspring of polygamous families, part negative and part positive, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and how does baby making in polygamy groups produce superhumans? Yeah. You know, it certainly has produced dwarfs, like she said. So is this person for or against the results of baby making in polygamy? It sounds like she says it's okay for the adults, but not for the results or some of the results. <laughs> but we want what we want to address first is the ridicule of our program title, Polygamy, What Love Is This? Now, we've discussed this before, so maybe it's time to revisit the topic or the logic behind the name. And it isn't silly. Uh, it might seem silly to those who don't know or haven't experienced the love of God. Uh, the name polygamy, what love is this, has had a deep and life-changing effect on many people who have heard our program and have left polygamy. I've heard some of their stories and how they responded when asked the question, what love is this? Yeah. What love is this? What kind of a love is <laughs> Yeah. And it's not silly because it was taken from a passage in the Bible and God's word isn't silly. It is informative and is our authority. We quote from 1 John. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. So what love is this is referring to what kind of God... Yeah. who is a God of love and loves us, would command this kind of a loveless life. He wouldn't. And who are it, you worshiping here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the love we receive from God is unconditional, unreserved, uh, life-giving, non-prejudicial love that God freely offers us. A God of love cannot have commanded a painful, lonely, poverty-stricken, mostly loveless kind of marriage. And so we have to ask, what love is this? It's not God's love, which marriage is supposed to reflect. Mm -hmm. Now, there are hundreds of passages in the Bible expressing God's love for us, and we picked a couple to share. From Psalms 36, 7, How precious is your loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. And Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's a lot. A lot. It's hard for me to choose which two, but I chose these two because it, 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 it shows what kind of love from both the Old Testament and the New yeah. Testament that God has promised us, those who will believe in him and trust him. That's not the kind of love we find in polygamous marriages. We have interviewed a lot of people from polygamy, and I personally have read a lot I don't even know how many books Book. written by people who have escaped from polygamy and there's no love of God ever described in any of their marriage experiences. Besides that, I was born and raised in a polygamist home. I saw it firsthand. And believe me, the question is legitimate. What love is this? 
What kind of God would ever command this kind of life? Now, don't get us wrong. We're not saying there's no love in some polygamous marriages. We know there's love in most polygamous families, at least sibling love and parental love. But the focus is that true, exclusive, sacrificial, Christ-like love among the plural spouses is rare and equality is impossible. Mm-hmm. Another descriptive verse of God's love is also in First John. Yeah, chapter 4, 9 through 11. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God first loved us. The same God who instituted monogamy. (laughs) Uh, And since God said that marriage was supposed to reflect God's love for his church, we can truthfully and, and, and sadly say, polygamy, what love is this? And it's not a silly question to ask. (laughs) And then she admonished us and told us to mind our own business. But there's a saying that that bad things happen when good people do nothing. And God told us to say something when bad things happen. We quote. Yeah, from Ephesians 5.11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret And that's our focus, to expose the shameful behaviors that take place in the polygamy groups, especially when they use God's name to do those shameful things. And why shouldn't we stand up for something that we know isn't right? Well, especially with your experiences and all that, yeah. And it's so prevalent in this culture. And I like what you said. We've never heard anyone coming out say that this was a... A marriage of love. and Christ, They wouldn't have come Christ out if it had been. That's probably true. That's true. <laughs> Finally, the next comment was written to Earl before yes. him. Dear Earl, I love your contribution to the show. That's funny. You have said many times that you are proud to come from a polygamous background. Can you elaborate? What made you proud? Did you think that it was good? I used to be proud that I came from a Mayan background until I found out that they sacrificed human beings. <laughs> Now I'm so grateful for the saving blood of Jesus. What a change. So. Well, it's interesting. It's a good question. I knew this was going to be asked, of course. And, you know, it, it's just, I don't know what the mentality of Mormonism is, but it's a very proud moment uh, to, to say that you have polygamous in your background. We wouldn't practice it now. We expect to practice it in the millennium or in the celestial kingdom. And we, I believe that, that I would have wives in addition to Carla. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was happy about that, but mm-hmm. I, I I believe that. I don't know what the mentality is that, that, that sets that up. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, we had a, a good friend just met, just recently comment on the fact that if you talk about your, uh, the polygamy that uh, your family has, that's a very, it's an okay just topic. And if you talk about the the Brigham Young had wives, that that was a good topic. But if you mention that Joseph Smith had wives, then all of a sudden it's not such a fun topic. You lit the fuse on that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny. And I was very proud that my grandfather, John Streeter, great-grandfather, John Streeter Gleason, had three wives. And then I came from his second wife and... 
And Very it, proud of that it, fact. it's kind of a, a conundrum there why you would be proud of something that today's polygamists you frown upon. Yeah. The Mormon church just does, frowns upon today's polygamists. Yeah. And yet they're proud of their polygamous heritage. Yeah. yeah, for some reason you're proud of that heritage, even though I don't think most of us realize the deprivation and the, the problems that occurred. I, I think it's because they didn't know, know the truth of it, yeah. if they knew the truth yeah. of it. And yet many of them will say, well, they were so loving and kind and they lived in a loving home and they sacrificed. Yeah, they, they, that's they, the you story know. you probably get. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of the time but it, it isn't is. true. Well, I hope that answered your yeah. questions. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> okay, well, this is the end of part two, and when we get more comments and questions, we'll have we'll try some again. more. Yeah. Okay. You know, Mormonism considers Joseph Smith as a true prophet of God. Joseph Smith said God revealed polygamy to him. He said, do it or be damned. But Mormon history shows that Joseph Smith's practice of polygamy was secretive, immoral, and it was adultery. Now, truth matters. Jesus said, For this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. You know, it's odd that Mormonism claims they're Christian because Christ is in their name, but they don't hear his voice. They have rejected the truth that Jesus testified about. Our purpose is to provoke people to check these things out for themselves. Find the truth of what Jesus spoke and follow him him and only him. This is the same Jesus who said, in the beginning God created male and female, and the two shall become one. Monogamy. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.